There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska Preps post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's the big voice guy. That means we're back. We're a little later than normal, but we had to let things happen, and now we have to be extremely efficient as my man Jacob Padilla joins me for another week of Nebraska Preps post game. And it's a lot, right? In a preview districts, or actually recap districts, preview state. Got a lot to get in, man. How was uh, the extended time? It's not like we got downtime. We're actually working so i don't know how much downtime it really was yeah well first of all uh happy belated birthday to you oh well thank uh, you hope I you enjoyed it i appreciate um, it was uh i spent it in a gym weird <laughs> <laughs> it's nice hearing from your sister as well <laughs> oh, um, yeah. she's, she's nuts right like we're definitely part of the same family <laughs> but yeah it was fun uh kind of mixed in uh fit in going to games whenever i could in between the huskers actually picking up a few wins yeah how about that Right? It's almost like, hey, where was the vote of confidence earlier? My kids actually have realized that they almost got me fired. <laughs> right? well, like we've we we've we've seen a we have seen some buy in. And it's funny when how much easier it is to buy in when shots start to fall too. Yeah, yes. like I don't know how portable that is, right? They've shot close to sixty percent from three and they've made a lot of shots and it is a make or miss league. You know, you still had fourteen assists and fifteen turnovers. <laughs> And a win the other day against Ohio State. So there are still some things that, that ail you. But when you were making shots, it's different. Followed up with four turnovers uh, in the Ohio State game. Yeah. Though, so <laughs> progress. <laughs> uh, and they actually, defensively, they got it done in the second half, too, because shots did stop, uh, stop falling. In the yeah, and, half, and for Verge to be such kind of the whipping boy, man, 11 assists, no turnovers. Or 11 assists, one turnover against Ohio State. Uh, progress, right? Yeah. Baby steps. Not a not a landscape changer, but well, you've got building you got building blocks late at least. Yeah, but uh, that's enough Husker talk. We got <laughs> we got other podcasts on this. <laughs> like, come on, that. man! This is we, Nebraska yeah. preps. Preps. We, we got a lot. We got to high get school, to. man. Well, uh, where do you want to start, man? It's a we were full slate last night. And a lot of overtime. Yeah, let's go ahead and start with the the boys Class A district finals. Um, I was at one of those overtime games. I was. The, not. <laughs> yeah, as expected, the top three seeds took care of business they fairly, did. fairly easily. Um, but those bottom four, you're like, okay, these, these, all four of these could be interesting. And all four of them were for the most part. Um, you had two upsets. You had two multi-overtime games. Um, you had, uh, I think, uh, the Pat, yeah, I mean. One double overtime, yeah. one triple overtime. Yeah, so. We'll start with that, the Gretna game. The, there was a 59-53 double overtime win for Gretna. Uh, that was the one I was at. And not not a pretty offensive game for either side. Um, yeah. what wasn't, wasn't great shooting percentages either way, but Gretna got a lead early and held on to it throughout the entire game until the, the, about the last 70 seconds when um, Lincoln Southwest rallied to tie it up. And then they went back and forth throughout the overtimes, both 
teams had chances to win the game and couldn't hit the shots. And then in the second overtime, uh, Gretna, they they did enough there. They got they got the lead, and then they hit some free throws down the stretch as uh, Southwest shot three for 12 from the field in, in the second overtime. So I was asking a couple of guys uh, from that staff that were um, – do stats and and follow that team pretty close like how did it get to double overtime because i i'm following along with you <clears throat> or through you online and it seemed like the it was low scoring it was kind of a grudger gretna had an eight nine point lead i felt like okay there just aren't going to be enough possessions in this game to to kind of make a run and then i click refresh and we're making runs late heading the overtime. And he said, listen, we stopped making shots and they started to get a little hot. Was yeah. it any simpler than that? Or was that about it? That, that was about, I mean, uh, Gretna only scored seven points in the fourth quarter. Um, and I mean, Southwest only scored 14, but that was enough to dig themselves out of the hole there. And it, it re- a lot of it was on Ben Hunziker, who has been so good this season. Yeah. Uh, Finished with game-high 23 points. He had 12 points in the third quarter. They were down 10 uh, in, on the last possession, and somehow they, they got a stop. There, it's funny. There was a clock malfunction. It started late, and then Southwest and or, uh, Gretton ended up getting a couple of shot attempts, um, and then ball went out or foul or something with, like, one point something on the clock. Inbound, chuck it deep to uh, Hunziker uh, – or. Chuck a deep pass over to Hunziker, gets off a three at the buzzer and buries it to give him 12 points in the quarter and make it a seven-point game going into the fourth. And then, again, their defense took over. They've got so many long bodies to throw out there. They do. Like, almost everybody in the rotation. Uh, six of their nine are six five or taller. Um, I mean, the shortest player playing for them was Ryland Smith at the point guard spot at 6'2". You got Hunziker at 6'3". You got their backup, four, or backup big guy, uh, Jameson Folk, is... 6-4, and then everybody else is 6-5 to 6-7. So they got a lot of length and athleticism throughout there on the wing. but um, and, and that made life difficult for Gretna's guards, who, I mean, normally uh, kind of drive, uh, drive the bus for them, average over 30 points combined between uh, Lena Pekorski and Alec, uh, Alex Wilcoxon. And um, it was actually Grant Jansen uh, and Jeffrey Roselle um, they're, they're big guys. You know what? He shows flashes, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. They're finding a ways to utilize both he and and Jansen. It's a little bit of a different look for that team. Yeah. Jansen had 15 in the second half, finished with 19 and 9. Uh, Roselle had uh, 10, didn't miss a shot, and 12 rebounds, including some above the rim in traffic. Um, had a couple of key putbacks. And Jansen picked up 2,000 in the first four minutes. And then I thought uh, Brad Feakin did a great job. Excuse me. of managing his minutes um, in the first half after that. They didn't sit him for the rest of the half. They put him in. They just I, And I, I actually like that where just because you get an automatic two fouls, a lot of it is trust. Some of it is, man, sometimes you just got to coach. And they did a lot of offense defense. So they, they put him in for a possession. He'd get fouled, hit two free throws, and took him right back out. They, they kind of did that throughout the, the first half to make sure he He's he wasn't such, sitting the whole such time. Such a good coach. <laughs> and he finished with four fouls and had a big second half after he made it through the first half without another foul. So um, it, it was it, it was a great effort uh, from the Dragons there uh, to, to pull that out. And Southwest, again, they just shot under 30% from the field in the game. And yeah. that's just not, not going to get it done. Sometimes, you know, with, with them and – 
I don't know. And I mean, you still got another year with Smith and with Ryland and, and, and see kind of where that happens. But last year we thought they were a little ahead of schedule. This year I felt like they had pretty good expectations. Interesting to kind of see where Southwest window is right now, currently as a basketball program without a ton of signature wins this year. Yeah. And Ben Hunziker is the one senior in that starting lineup. Um, it, but he was tough to replace <clears throat> exactly he was uh without him like they that game would have been over early um but again they've everybody else the juniors in the starting lineup they're jv they've got a lot of freshmen sophomores playing jv they've got a really good young group so we'll see um this was definitely a step forward for them uh hunziker leaves as the program's all-time leading scorer um and set their steals season single steals record this season as well so a great senior year for him but um We'll see what they can do back next year, um, stepping up without him. But uh, the other overtime game was Creighton Prep and Lincoln Northeast, which went to three overtimes after a combined zero points in the first two overtimes. Yeah, a lot of consternation and hand-wringing about this one. I'm, I'm getting <clears throat> plenty of stories, recaps, real-time, who's holding the ball, who's not holding the ball, strategy. And listen, you know, w- with Northeast um, – They've been close, and a lot of these kind of get-over-the-hump games. And, you know, Prep, I'm going to maintain this because I believe it to be the case, and and this is their eighth straight time going to Lincoln. This may be perhaps Coach Coach Lutke's best coaching performance. He has – that lineup has been meg shift. It's been a mash unit. He's had to find ways to score. He's had to play a couple of different styles. He prefers space and pace and to get up and down the court. He just couldn't play that way this year, and he's found a way to adjust. Yeah, and I, I believe they they were down in the final minute. They went and got a, uh, a bucket to, to tie it up uh, in, in regulation. And yeah, heck of a late run, right? And I, I just just a testament to the result. Yeah, they were trailing the entire game, yeah. but rallied to get it tied, and then they got a stop to send the game to overtime. And then you talk about there's somebody in the zone, somebody holding the ball. Uh, it's not not great for the fans or players either way. But I mean, not neither neither side sounded like budged really on yeah. it. So. I think, you know, Creighton Prep was holding for the last shot. As as my official buddy was kind of describing it to me, they held it for about a minute 45. And he said even then almost started the offense a little too early, and it almost cost him. Started with about 15 seconds to go a little too soon and and gave Northeast a crack at it at the end. But, um, you know, Prep just finding ways to win aesthetically is not always always pleasing. But, man, for him to get to this win total, and by him I mean Coach Lutke, Fantastic coaching job. No doubt. Uh, and then in A4, we had probably the, the most surprising one. Uh, Elkhorn South, 72. Omaha Central, 53. Yeah, they got start, that, start to finish. Yeah, they got that thing to 20, uh, I believe, in the second quarter, and then just kind of cruised the rest of the way. Central just had no answer for South uh, Elkhorn South's uh, ball movement and pace. Uh, and Alec Noonan took over in the second half, finished with 27. And they held uh, P.J. Davis and, and Jay Dawson to 10 of 35 from the field. And as we've talked about all year, Central goes as those two go. If they're on, they can beat anybody. If they're not, they're going to have a tough time winning games. Yeah, depth for them. Uh, where that program goes is going to be interesting. Um, what's in the program? What's leaving the program? Uh, Coach Barron's in most notably. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Westview uh, as their athletic director. You know, I've said this a ton, and and I don't listen. And it's full disclosure, right? I'm not 
I'm not the parent of a player in the program. I'm not, I don't watch them on the day-to-day, but I've seen them four or five times this year in Elkhorn South, twice up close and personal playing against Westside. For, is, is, for some of the criticisms that I think are out there for Coach Riley and that program in terms of their levels of achievement, somehow they find themselves in every game right there playing well for extended spurt. They gave Westside fits. They did it last year. And at no point during that game did I think, Kyle, you know what? These guys don't know what they're doing. Like, there's a plan. There's a way that they play. They play hard. They squeeze. They squeeze you on offense, right? Just nothing comes easy when they guard you. It's it's one of the more underappreciated defensive teams I think I've seen all year, and they did it to Central again last night. And this team kind of, I guess, matches well with uh, how Nolan Riley wants to play um, with just the terms of, uh, in terms of the balance on the team, the depth on the team. You've got a lot of guys that can hurt you, um, a lot of guys that make an impact on both ends. And, again, Alec Noonan was a star uh, in that game his, last His night, fitness but, is uh, – his fitness – it's underappreciated. A lot of people don't talk about, oh, they just assume you're in good shape. He's different, yeah. right? There, there are guys that, and gals that are in shape and committed. We saw it in the five-overtime game against South. Yeah. His – his ability to play hard for long periods of time, man, are different at this level. He is in fantastic shape. And he's so good around the basket. He's really improved the jump shot, um, be able to score at multiple levels now. And um, we've we seen him take over for some big games. Henry Burt uh, scored 16. He, I believe, Sneaky, he's leading him scoring he? this year. And he's a he great is, story. He is something else, man. He's a nice little hidden gem yeah. and, and Mr. Burt. Well, he's a guy that – JV last year didn't really play much varsity, and um, honestly, like shot selection was an issue for him previously. He's just kind of like touching it, getting it up. Yeah. And this year, he's really uh, over the past year, he's really grown into an impact player for them. And it's it's always kind of cool to see those stories of the late bloomers that go from not much, playing much, to much like scoring. Jansen. Yeah, right. I mean, he's got a story to tell too at, at with uh, with Gretna. Uh, so Central uh, still moves on, though. that they, they get the wild card in A as the highest-seeded uh, team to lose, and then which means down here in A7, loser goes home. And that was, uh, that was Papio South with Pius going to uh, the, the black hole and um, winning 61-46. And uh, Pius kind of took control in the first half and then held on to it throughout. Um, so P- Pius moves on. We, we talked about them all year, kind of like they had the, the best chance of anybody in Lincoln, I, I felt like. Um, I think that yeah, was – Yeah, back when the season week. first started, right? Um, and they – kind of some ups and downs, but uh, they appear to have settled into a nice little groove here at the end of the season and punched their ticket to state. Yeah, it's interesting, right, because we kind of wondered how they were going to mesh, who to play through, who not to play through. Um, you know, Boer arriving on the scene. And, and kind of when you look at it, Papio South was playing well. I hadn't lost in the month of February, and I know we just started a new month, but I think they had won seven in a row, uh, something like that, throughout the month of February. So they were playing at a really, really high level. And it's almost like, you know, much like Coach Lutke's playing in his eighth straight trip to Lincoln, it's death taxes and Coach Spitschka getting his team to kind of peak late when it matters the most. You you can definitely tell that's a battle-tested program. And we talked about Burt. 
Pius boasts one of their own when you talk about underappreciated, kind of do-everything kind of guys, and that's Brady Christensen. Double-double, man. Um, averaging 11 boards a game this year. Yeah. He put up some monster rebound totals. And that's a guy you've got some a lot of guys on there on that team that like to shoot the ball. And um, he was capable of putting up 20 in a game if he had the right matchups. And there are some games where he took like five shots but went out and grabbed double-digit rebounds anyway. Um, so just a nice little compliment to – the other pieces on that team with his willingness to go do the dirty work, to, to make the hustle plays, to be physical, um, and uh, allow those other guys to go out and do what they want to do. You kind of wonder what would have happened. You know, and, and listen, Papio South has the young guards with Reese and, and, and Bryson Ball and, and Reese, as in Reese Kircher. You know, they got off to such a slow start. You talked about getting out to the early lead and hanging on. I mean, you're down 18-5 after one. You play all, you play the rest of the game virtually even. You just kind of wonder a year into it, or that's a battle-tested veteran bunch in Pius playing against yeah. a couple of guys that are a little younger in some key spots for, for Papio South. Who embraced the moment first? Last night it was Pius. Yep, for sure. So we have our uh, boys' field is the Miller North versus Elkhorn South in the one eight. Gretna versus Omaha Central in, in the 4-5. Uh, Bellevue West versus Lincoln Pius the 10th in the 2-7, and Omaha West Side versus Omaha Creighton Prep in, in the 3-6. And I was, I was there um, during the season, uh, rivalry game. That one was uh, decidedly uh, one-sided. Um, so it's, But we'll see if Prep can kind of learn from that and find a way to turn it around and make it a great game. It's, it's, always, it's always awesome when you get rivalry games in, in the state tournament. Yeah, bigger court bigger floor um you know they fans won't be on top of you quite like they they really bothered prep in the backcourt and pressured those guards it's a smaller court (laughs) from a regulation standpoint i'll be curious to see kind of how that one unfolds but i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you a sneaky one and i don't think you're gonna chuckle because you understand basketball tough draw in my opinion, for the one seed in Millard North with Elkhorn South. Your scout has to be on point with Elkhorn South because they don't give you anything easy. Millard North has struggled to kind of shoot it from distance, and Elkhorn South doesn't allow you to dribble drive and turn the corner on them. That one for a 1-8 definitely has my attention. Now listen, Jason Green is the one that's not like anybody else. Yeah. So, you know, if they if they got hot and just rolled him, okay, I get it. It's the one versus the eight. But that one is a really, really interesting matchup, at least for me. It's easy to talk 4-5 with, like, Gretna Central because those are two closely contested teams. But if you're looking for a not-so-obvious, the 1-8 and the 2-7 with Pius and Bellevue West – those aren't gimmies. Those, though, I could see those being tough basketball games. Yeah, and um, it was a ten-point game. The when Elkhorn South and Millard North played during the regular season, it was a five-point game when Central uh, played Millard North during the regular season. Um, so that's they Gret. <laughs> Millard North is the one team that Gretna didn't upset in, in the top yeah. uh, top group. They didn't get a chance to play him. So, yeah, the field is definitely going to be interesting. Um, that's you, you got some some good teams there. How do you kind of see that that two that two seven that Bellevue West Pius 
matchup is interesting because I do believe Pius, uh, you know, they have the size, but Bellevue West can play big if they want to with a rope and, and William Kyle the third. But defensively, Hostriders are going to really put pressure on the front court of Bellevue West. Well, I was there when they played during the regular season, and um, that was a big-time Bellevue West win. They just shot the lights out. Yeah. The, the only reason, uh, I mean, Jared Bohr had the game of his life, went off for 30 points on 11 of 14 shooting, um, didn't miss a shot in the first half from what I recall. And they they, they, scored, they scored 68 points. He had Sam Hostrider added 20, um, but – they Couldn't defend. Was, yeah, exactly. Give up 95 points. They gave up 27 points in three of the four quarters. Um, so they're going to have to find a way to defend and, and slow those guys down better than they did during the regular season. You, do you see any any potential upsets there as you're looking at kind of the, the first round of matchups? I, I think we probably um, hit, uh, hit on uh, all, all the matchups pretty well. I'm you never really call a four or five uh, an, upset. an upset. That you could see that one going either way. Um, I said I, I just I don't know that Creighton Prep's going to be able to score enough to, to knock off Westside. I don't know that Pius is going to be able to get enough stops. That again, they certainly don't look like a typical seven seed. Um, we'll see if they can play. Um, if their play can match up to that. Um, but yeah, I think that's. I, I don't. I don't know that we'll see a, a ton of upsets in the first round because again, I, I feel like those top three teams are. Pr- pretty solidly in the kind of the tier of their own. Well, you want to jump to, jump over to B or real quick? Let's uh, just hit on the girls. Uh, the absolutely, yeah, in the the, the Class A district that, finals. It's gonna be tough. A lot of chalk. The the one uh, upset in the district finals was Bellevue West with a game winner, uh, Danny Coyer over uh, against Lincoln Pius to, to knock them off, win that 38-36. So a bit of a rock fight there, but uh, impressive uh, impressive move for a young player to, in that moment, catch, went up, little little baby hook over the, over the rim and in um, when they really needed a bucket. So if you're kind of looking at it, and we talked to Bryce Myers this morning, we talked to Ann Prince, who's representing Elkhorn North in Class B, and just kind of getting a, a setup. And with A in particular, you know, Miller South hasn't played Fremont. They've had a couple of tough battles with Central. Central still trying to kind of get over the uh, that mental so- that mental South. That's what I should call it. That Millard South hurdle of the shot making with with Taryn Warden and Melcher. And I mean, Bellevue West can shoot it. I think A is a little more interesting than just looking at a team and saying, "Oh, look, Millard South is twenty five and oh, I." There's some nice little cat-mouse matchups in those seedings. Yeah, and the way it played out is, uh, I think, going to be pretty fun. You get um, in the first round, uh, if Millward South take care, if seedings hold, you got the 4-5 Central and Southwest. That's going to be a good It's going to be a tough matchup. That's been good the last couple of years, and, and um, whoever comes out of that one, like if Central holds on there, uh, we've seen them struggle to beat Millard South this year, but you just never know with that team with the combination of Ital Lopio inside and, and her length and ability to finish and, and block shots, and, and then the, those shooters. And if it's a if it's an Anaya Webb game, yeah. they can beat anybody. She's yeah. on. She she can drop thirty uh, before you blink. The key will be if if she's committed to guarding, yeah. it really changes the way that that team looks defensively because she's very capable, long arm. She's athletic. When she wants to defend, she can. Yeah, and obviously we know Ania Jones can 
do a lot of things at the point guard spot. Yeah, and Nia Wayne is a bucket getter as well. So if they if if shots are falling and they take the right shots, then they'll have a chance. But um, if Miller South gets through that, then you move on to uh, the other side of the bracket. You've got Fremont uh, and Lincoln High if seedings hold there. Well, defensively, a, I think it's important. Hopefully, you know, it's they're one of those teams that if you haven't played them before, Lincoln High really gets after you. Ultra quick, they can defend. Uh, they shot it well early in the year in a couple of their big upsets, so that's always going to kind of be the key. But they don't have to travel very far, and they're right there in their own backyard, and they've got a coach that's familiar with that arena. Yeah, and I'm sure, uh, it, again, a seedings hold there that uh, Fremont will be looking forward to that one after what happened yeah. uh, against Lincoln High during the regular season where they had they had to leave the entire game and just let it slip away uh, his, late for the uh, his point loss. Borderline historic <laughs> run late in that game for Lincoln High where they got hot. As they were kind of getting stops, so that's uh, that's kind of the the field in A. Um, the um, Pius did get the uh, the wild card there, so that they're facing Fremont as a seven seed, and Lincoln High gets Bellevue East. Uh, great job by Brittany Wilson. Yeah, um, she's 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 fantastic. Out. Yeah, and she did it in a hurry. Yeah. Right, it seems like they just hired her. <laughs> yeah, because this is what year three. Something like it sounds about right. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, Got a good mix of veterans. Uh, I think they've got players from basically every single class make, yeah. making uh, an impact on that team. So great job there. That's that's the field in A. Um, and uh, I guess we'll see where do you want to go next, boys, girls. We got yeah, let's let's go boys B. Uh, just because I think there's some there are some really really tricky matchups. C one's easy. I mean, we could spend thirty minutes. <laughs> I mean, when you're opening with Auburn and Concordia, yeah. I mean, how's that Jeez. for a four, five, and C one? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and we talked about all year long, though, how good C one was, how deep there were in terms of top tier teams. And when that's the case, you're going to get those matchups in the first round. Um, yeah, yeah, you got Wahoo, Fort Calhoun, Fort Calhoun qualifying for what the first time in 99 years, yeah. I believe it was. There isn't a team at 20 and five. There isn't a team in the field in C one with less than 20 wins. <laughs> it's crazy. Isn't that? I mean, that's nuts. You're over 160 wins combined between the eight seats. Yeah. Uh, Auburn Concordia is a four-five. You've got Ashland Greenwood as the two-seven uh, against Ogallala, um, and you've got Carney Catholic as a three against Wayne as a six. So that is a stacked field, and this is why I'm disappointed about the yeah the, the format because uh all these games are going to be at Devaney in the first round um so wouldn't wouldn't see anybody in c1 until the semis but man the, that first round is going to be fun if you're, if you're a fan of that class all right let's hop up to b his uh number one seed omos scott gets blair in the opener we talked to coach jurgens this morning he used to plan early <laughs> no problems there with the 9 a.m tip but how interesting is, again, another 4-5 with Platteview and Bennington? And we've seen all these teams play each other for mm -hmm. the most part. Um, Scottsbluff hasn't played a lot of teams. Waverly and Norris, they came here and played in the same uh, couple of days. But um, So that's kind of the one you're like, all right, what, what do you have really? It's always <laughs> tough to judge their competition, but they certainly got the pieces to make a run here. Um, they, they get Beatrice, uh, the sixth seed, um, reigning champs over there, but – uh, the completely different team mm -hmm. compared uh, to the one that won the title last year. But, yeah, the Platteview-Bennington, again, I saw uh, – we saw the issues that Aurora gave uh, Platteview in terms of really making them work for all their points. Yeah, and I did not realize right off the top that Pl Aurora only starts one senior. Yeah. 
uh, Raymakers underclassmen. Uh, you know, can, they were kind of led by Nachigal, who, I mean, didn't really shoot it well, but there were some spurts where they defended and kept themselves in it. And, and Platteview pulls away late in overtime, getting Coach Brodsky his first win in overtime. But how about Weeblehouse kind of making some key plays for them? We talked about him being a key for Platteview. I wonder if he knows, right? I mean, you assume so. But if 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 you're going to get two from the law firm, right, if, if, if those guys are going to do their thing and and – Who's going to be the third? And yeah. you you think it's got to be Weeblehouse? Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, on the other side, you you figure I, I'm not sure that uh, Connor Milken hit a jump shot in, in that game. Like he he was having a rough one. He got to the free throw line to st- he got some good early yeah. looks, but you got the sense okay, this one may be this one may be a struggle. Um, imagine dropping 35 and 12 and it being a poor game. <laughs> it's just, it's just kind of crazy. And he the, had the, the in and time. outs early. I yeah. felt like if he he had the nice pull up early that rimmed in and out, the good yeah. look from three that rimmed in and yeah. out, and I'm go ooh. This is a home gym. They may be a little tight, but to his credit, he stayed aggressive and got to the foul line. That was really the difference between he and Nachical. 17 of 21. Nachical, excuse excuse me. Um, 17 and 21 from the line. So he found a way to, to get it done there. But you figure that's probably not going to – you're not going to probably have two games in a row where he doesn't Yeah, get Bennington is familiar, fall. right? Um, and Bennington, good – the good news for them is uh, Trey Bird, second-leading scorer, uh, injured his ankle uh, in the Ron Colley game and didn't play until the, the district uh, final there against Elkhorn. And he barely played, um, got in there a little bit, took a couple of shots, but it's like he, he just wasn't quite ready yet to, to play in that level of a game. But now you've got the extended break here. Um, got this entire last week off for him to, to rest up and hopefully be close to 100% to, to give them a shot to, to, to put on a great game there. Uh, what, what do you think happens with Ron Colley and Waverly? I just don't know that Waverly is going to be able just to score, score enough. enough. Yeah, they they do have the athleticism to to match up with Roncalli, which not a lot of teams in B do. But you also got to have the shot making there, and they're going to need a uh, few of those guys to really uh, shoot the ball well to be able. Because we know how high powered Roncalli can be. They get up and press you. They get turnovers. They get easy buckets that way. They've got some guys that can knock down shots. So, uh, and then Jake Orr kind of getting in the paint and uh, making plays for everybody else. So. Um, Waverly's kind of ha- had a tough time scoring for stretches all year, but uh, um, again, they've they've got enough athleticism to to defend and hopefully stay in that one. When you're taking a look at at the the best potential candidate, are you looking for a a Scott Ron Colley four? I, I mean, you almost never see that. And this is kind of the same thing in, in B, where um, we saw I think the two best teams in, in that district. Uh, final uh sub-district final um with scott and uh elkhorn north girls yeah that's got an elkhorn north girls and then scott and ron collie boys like those are two of the best games that i've seen all year and it's gonna it's gonna they're gonna have a tough time matching that level of play down there at the state tournament which is kind of the the disappointing part of it because like they got to such a high level in a game that ultimately didn't really mean anything um yeah because you're gonna get you're gonna get round four on the boys side and with elkhorn north no Scott girls are going to get round, round three, three and yeah. they've split. So, I <laughs> I mean, Scott's got a chance to go for the double-double, which is, listen, we know that they're not in uncharted waters doing that. Both those programs have had a high level of success. But uh, Elkhorn North is the defending state champs. Uh, and 
Ron Colley, the boys who have had some confidence playing against Scott. It's not going to be easy in B for either. No. And you look quickly in C2, it's just kind of crazy for boys. Uh, you get um, Humphrey, Lindsay, Holy Family, uh, and Howells Dodge in the uh, in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the rematch of the D1 state championship game last year. And you get that as a 3-6 in the first round. You know, Freeman's a 1, Harding and Cedar Cat. Like, C2 is going to be good as well. It's just yeah, how about North Fork Catholic as the 7? Yeah, <laughs> at 21-4. and four. Yeah. <laughs> Man, can't believe we're already out of time. There's so many more games that we could touch on, but um, we, we're kind of up against it here. Depth galore. It's Nebraska Preps post game. We're working all week next week. I'm not sure what the schedule is be, will be, but um, on social media, Following Jacob or myself at Damon Benning, we'll keep you posted. You can follow Hell Varsity too. We'll get it out when we'll meet next week. The schedules aren't super user friendly, but for you, we will tune in. Don't you dare miss us! It's Nebraska Preps post game. Media Production.